Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on the 2018 African Nations Championship, which starts this weekend in Morocco. It's a wide-open tournament, and Cameroon are hoping to do well. We speak to their coach, Indomitable Lions legend, Rigobert Song. The first objective, I think, is to win the cup. We want to do better than the last time, because every time we just stay in the quarterfinal. Also, we go back to last week's CAF Awards, where Liverpool and Egypt's Mohamed Salah took the 2017 African Footballer of the Year title. Stuart has a profile of Salah. When he scored the goal for Egypt against Congo that took Egypt to the World Cup, he was apparently offered a villa, but turned it down saying, please give the money to the people in my village. Also, we highlight some of the Africans who featured in the English FA Cup third round last weekend. So we start off with the 2018 African Nations Championship, the CHAN, which runs from this Saturday up to the 4th of February in Morocco. This is the fifth edition of the tournament. It was introduced back in 2009 and is a continental championship, but for home base players only. This makes it very difficult to predict, as it means that while countries like Ivory Coast, Cameroon and Nigeria go to the Africa Cup of Nations with squads of players who are based in Europe, for the Chan, they can only use their home base players. Well, Morocco came in as hosts at fairly short notice after Kenya had the tournament taken away by CAF because of poor preparations. DR Congo are the defending champions. They beat Mali in the final in Rwanda two years ago. The DRC have two titles, with one for Tunisia and one for Libya. Well, this time the DRC failed to qualify, as did Mali, along with teams like Senegal, Ghana and South Africa. Teams making their Chan debut in Morocco are Equatorial Guinea and Namibia. Mauritania are there for the second time, Rwanda for the third time, while Uganda and Ivory Coast are making a fourth appearance. Big guns include Nigeria, Ivory Coast, Zambia and certainly the host Morocco. Cameroon could be in with a chance, although they've never got beyond the quarter-final stage. They are, of course, the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations champions, and their Chan team is coached by national team legend Rigobert Song. And Njie Eno Ebay in Yaoundé caught up with the team before they left for Morocco. The hype created by Cameroon's AFCON triumph is still fresh in the minds of football lovers who will undoubtedly expect the home-based Indomitable Lions of Cameroon to put up a similar act. And then there is Rigobert Song Bahanak who will be coaching the team in the continental football bonanza. A charismatic and no-nonsense defender in his prime, Rigobert Song captained Cameroon's national flagship selection in 2000 and 2002 when the country won the Africa Cup of Nations back-to-back. There are thus greater hopes in Cameroon that the former defender will be the man to steer Cameroon's auxiliary team to their first Shan triumph. And the former Liverpool defender has set the final as his main target. The first objective, I think, is to win the cup. We want to do 
better than the last time because every time we're just staying in the quarterfinal. But if we were going in semifinal, I think we're going to be better. But we hope we're going to play final and win the, the trophy. But then coach Rigo Bersong, who is the most capped player in the history of Cameroon's national team, is well aware that sliding out of Group D playing against Burkina Faso, Congo and Angola won't be an easy ride. Angola, Congo and Burkina Faso, we know them. We know today football was not like before. A lot of things changed. Now the guys, they are ready. And the first match, we're going to have it with Congo in 7.30 in the night. All this, we're going to take care about that. Because I want my team to know exactly where they are going and how they need to be in the pit. The first match for me is very important for this competition. The first match is going to give opportunity to arrive in the final. And I hope we're going to do the best and I have confidence with my team. So far, Cameroon's preparation for the Shan has been decent, only blighted by the departure of 23-year-old attacking sensation Suleimanu Musa of Kotonspov Garwa, who is set to join Zambian side Zanaku. With some players of Cameroon's intermediate national football team courted by some European sides, the team's lead trainer Rigobersong has had a lot of convincing to do so as to prevent his players from forfeiting Shan in favor of a change of club. Some players are afraid to speak about this situation because I don't want to hear this kind of thing, but I have opportunity to be with them like a friend. I bring them with me. We're talking a lot. Sometimes I ask them, I joke with them to tell them, I hope no player going to leave me in January. And we laugh like this, but it's the message I send to them to say, be quiet, attention, because you have opportunity today. To be in the team is more popular today. I see the atmosphere is very, very, very good. And they have opportunity to play this chance and they have chance to sign in another team is better than what they are going to propose them to go play in Egypto because we want just to leave Cameroon. To keep the players focused, coach Rigo Besson has made it clear no one is certain of starting a game, intimating that all his players will have equal chances of featuring in the tournament. These goalkeeper Anya Derek Fru and defender Thomas Etabawak say have fired up the team. Being the lone player from the Shan 2016 to be in the current side and competing against two other talented shortstoppers for the spot of first choice, Anya Derek admits the tussle amongst the keepers has made him better, while defender Thomas Etabawak can't wait for the tournament to get on the way. We know ourselves and we are working hard. Whatever the coach will start, we are going to push him forward for the victory. We don't want to go below what we ended in the last edition. We want to go further, reach the semi-final, possibly the final, and bring back the trophy. So we have already fixed our objective. We are well prepared for the competition. The spirit is very high. We are lucky to have a coach like Rigo Besson. He's a fighting spirit man. He has always been inspiring us with that spirit. That is why we are ready for the competition and we really want the competition to be played as soon as possible. And I know we got everything is possible. The time for declarations is over and competition period nigh. Rigo Besson is fully aware that a shan triumph with Cameroon will further enhance his cult status across the continent and cement his sport as a legend in the game. 
Sure, that report from Njie Eno Ebay in Yaoundé, Cameroon. And great to see that Rigobert Song is back in action after he was seriously ill in 2016 with a brain aneurysm and spent six months in hospital up to April of last year. So, Solomon, uh, as I say, the Chan is very hard to predict, but uh, who do you think might end up winning it? Well, Steve, it's definitely going to always be difficult to pick. Uh, the Chan is always unpredictable. And the uh, big guns for me in this edition of the Chan uh, is definitely I'm going to put my money on Nigeria, Zambia, Morocco and Cameroon. It's good to see Cameroon back and it's good to see Rugobert Song, uh, the coach, back also. I think Cameroon locally, uh, Cotton Sports especially, have been doing well recently. And they have a group of players locally uh, that, are, that are always full of talent. And uh, I think for Cameroon, the, the, the challenge is always how do you put together a winning team? Then there is uh, Morocco, the host nation. Uh, we've seen why that Casablanca winning the Africa Champions League. We've seen how other clubs have performed from Morocco in the African Continental Championships. They're definitely going to go a long way. And as also hosts, they're going to have a huge advantage. To Zambia, Zambia has a, a group of really uh, young players coming through, especially through uh, Zesco and also Zanaco, two of the, some of the biggest clubs in Zambia. And they've been doing well, uh, you know, in the age group competition. They've been doing well within the Africa Champions League and the Confed Cup. Uh, but now, uh, putting them together, I feel Zambia, this is their moment. And I think Zambia could do well in any you know, football competition around Africa because uh, they, they've produced and they've been consistent. And hopefully this will go, uh, this will be their moment. And there's Nigeria. Nigeria traditionally, not a so strong league, but then they have the talent and also they always have players that are always motivated looking for huge opportunities like the Chan uh, tournament to be able to get scots and also uh, show uh, the rest of Africa and the rest of the world what they're made of and I think this will be their big moment and I feel you know out of these four teams would I be able to pick one team that would be the winner Uh, it's going to be difficult but definitely I'll put my money in any of these four teams. Okay, well, we will see. So the opening game of the Chan, the African Nations Championship, is on Saturday night as the host Morocco take on Mauritania. Uh, For me, I'd fancy Morocco to do very well with home advantage, so I'll be tipping them. And on social media this week, we're asking you, who do you think will win the 2018 African Nations Championship? As we've been saying, it's very difficult to predict. uh, Maybe big guns include Nigeria, Cameroon, Zambia, Morocco. Uh, You'd have to respect the likes of Ivory Coast and Uganda too. But who do you think will win the Chan? Go on to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Then you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programs too in our archive. You can also listen to the show on our website, that's planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. To social media now, and last week the 2017 CAF Awards were held in Ghana, with Liverpool and Egypt's Mohamed Salah winning the African Footballer of the Year title. 
Liverpool teammate Sadio Mane of Senegal came second, with Gabon's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in third place. So we asked, what do you think about the awards and were they fair? On Facebook first, a colleague Tumani in the Gambia says it was well-deserved by Salah, undoubtedly. Congrats to him and hard luck to Mane and Aubameyang. Better luck next time. And Colley goes on to say, I hope our own Modu Barrow wins it next year. Uh, Barrow, of course, currently playing with Reading in the English Championship. So we'll see about that. Daniel Buckman in Ghana says it was fair, no doubt about it, a well-deserved award. And congratulations to Mo Salah. But Joseph Moffat in Nigeria doesn't agree. No way, says Joseph. Salah is on form only recently. It's not fair. Obama Yang deserves it. Well, certainly, Joseph, uh, I would uh, say that Salah sparkled from September to December of last year, but was not at the same level in the first half of the year. Uh, on WhatsApp, Mohamed Barr in the Gambia agrees with Joseph, saying, for me, Aubameyang deserves it because he was the top scorer in the German Bundesliga and had a fantastic season with Borussia Dortmund. Uh, but then Aubameyang has won it before, so it's good to encourage other players who are also doing well. To Malawi and Sam Chiquilira says the vote was 100% fair and Salah has done it all, so bravo for him. Biswek and Jaqua also in Malawi says yes, it's very fair as Salah's having his best season for club and for country. He deserved it. Barang Jatta in the Gambia says, let me say I'm 100% Chelsea, but it's a good move, says Barang. Salah is a fine player and has made some great achievements with Egypt. He's also doing well for Liverpool and aiding their success. And even though I don't support Liverpool, I have to say the truth. It's bravo, Mr Salah. Adipo Morris in Kenya says yes, it was fair. And in China, Khalifa Sanyang agrees, as does Thompson Piri in Zambia and Ishmael Saidu Kanu in Sierra Leone. Gemo is a Cameroonian living in the United States. He says congrats to Mo Salah. I think it was a close one with Mane, but Salah finished the year stronger for both club and country. It was well-deserved, says Gemo. Hamadi Jallo in the Gambia agrees with the first choice, but disputes who should have come second. It's fair to give Salah first place, says Hamadi, but uh, I thought Obama Yang would be second. But Alaji S. Fai, also in the Gambia, thinks it should have gone to the player from Senegal. To me, it wasn't fair, says Alaji. I prefer Sajo Mane to have won it. Meanwhile, Robertson in Cameroon thinks another player altogether should have been added to the list of the three finalists. It's a good selection, but why is it that a player like Vincent Abubakar of Cameroon is not good enough for the shortlist, says Robertson. He's one of the best in the Portuguese league and a real striker at Porto, so I think someone like that should have been given a chance. Uh, thanks for those views, uh, Robertson. And Samana Sonko in the Gambia also expected to see another name on the list. Yes, it's pretty much fair in uh, most respects because Salah is a great player, says Ansamana. But I was expecting Victor Moses to be on the shortlist because he made a great contribution to Chelsea's title win last season and was key to the team. Mahari Cham in the Gambia agrees with Ansamana. And, uh, well, just to say on that one, Victor Moses was on the initial list but didn't make it to the final three. I guess it was very hard to choose those a final three as Moses would have been right up there. 
Mohamed I. Kinte from the Gambia says hello and Happy New Year to Planet Sport Football Africa and its wonderful listeners all around the world. Well, thanks a lot for that, Mohamed, and a Happy New Year to you too. And Mohamed goes on to say, yes, uh, no surprise for the award to go to Mo Salah. He really deserves it, and better luck next time to Sadio Mane. Mo is an intelligent player, as the way he scores goals shows, and I hope he will continue this momentum. The award is really fair. Cherno Jallo from the Gambia agrees, but hotly disputes a decision made by CAF, saying, I was flabbergasted to see CAF scrap the African-based Player of the Year award. I believe this award motivates the young players and gives them the courage to work hard. CAF boss Ahmed's decision to cancel the award was not the right one, says Cherno. Yes, just to commenting on that to Cherno, uh, Ahmed's explanation was that the best is the best, saying there's not two levels of football in Africa. So he said all of the players should be in the African Footballer of the Year category without having a separate one for those playing in Africa. It was cancelled at a fairly short notice because an initial shortlist uh, was released by CAF. And uh, I must say I disagree with the CAF president and agree entirely with you, Cherno. I think it was very motivating for those on the continent to have a chance of winning an award. Uh, here in Zimbabwe, it was very exciting in 2016 uh, when Zimbabwe's Karma Billiot was runner-up uh, for the African player based in Africa. He was with uh, the 2016 African champions Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa. So I think uh, CAF got it wrong there. So thanks very much for all of your comments. Uh, I should also say well done to Asisat Oshuala of Nigeria. Uh, she won the Women's Player of the Year award for a third time, uh, formerly of Liverpool and Arsenal. Asisat is now playing in China. And the Young Player award went to Patson Daka of Zambia. We'll hear from him on the show next week. Well, Solomon, Mohamed Salah, a deserving winner for you. Mohamed Salah, yes, definitely. He is a deserving winner. Mohamed Salah has been very, very consistent. You know, Steve, I think a lot of people tend to forget his days with AS Roma. A lot of people tend to concentrate uh, his uh, his career with Liverpool. He's scored over 20 goals already uh, for Liverpool. He's been prolific. And we watch him week in, week out on, on TV. And also we saw how he did well uh, to help uh, Egypt qualify for the World Cup for the first time in over 20 years. And his goals uh, played a huge role in their qualification. But we tend to forget the days he played for AS Roma uh, from January 2017 all the way until he moved uh, to uh, Liverpool in June. You know, he's been consistent with AS Roma. But because we don't watch AS Roma on TV uh, much, we don't get the coverage of Italian football as much as we get the English football, uh, we tend to forget that. But I feel it's just for him a transition from AS Roma. Uh, improvement, yes, sure. And he is definitely a player that arguably, I would think 90% of football fans or 90% of coaches or, or players would vote for him, you know, undisputedly as the African and CAF African Player of the Year. He deserves it. Uh, he's worked so hard and we cannot wait to see him uh, playing at the World Cup 2018 in Russia. Yes, well, thanks a lot, Solomon. This is Planet Sport, Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK, has a profile of Mohamed Salah, the 2017 African Footballer of the Year. Liverpool's Mohamed Salah has been the player of the season so far in the English Premier League. He scored 20 goals in his first 25 games in all competitions. 
And while everything is going really well this season, the player has had his struggles earlier in his career. In 2011, when playing for the Arab contractors, Zamalek watched him and concluded that he wasn't good enough. He then signed for Basel in Switzerland and wasn't an overwhelming success there, coming off the bench as often as he started. But he did play for Basel against Chelsea in the Champions League and scored, and that was enough to impress Jose Mourinho, who signed him for Chelsea, but then seemed to lose confidence in him, and he only got six starts uh, for Chelsea in 18 months. He then went on loan to Fiorentina and Roma in Italy, and then Roma actually made it permanent, before at the beginning of this season, Jurgen Klopp brought him to Liverpool. Now, what kind of person is he? Well, those who know him say the two things about him. He's generous, and he has a wicked sense of humour. Basel's former sporting director, Georg Heinz, says that he feels that Klopp is getting the best out of Salah because of his personality. He says, Mohamed Salah needs confidence, he needs a hug, he needs to be stroked to make him feel happy, and Klopp is a good choice for him, certainly in comparison to Mourinho, and you just can see on his face how much Salah is enjoying his football. In a recent interview for Liverpool FC website, he was asked three questions, and these are his answers. What's your favourite English word? Love. What's your favourite noise? The sound of my daughter playing. What would be a perfect day for you? Staying at home relaxing and not having to talk to anyone. Hmm, interesting. Now, Having grown up in a village in Egypt, he feels a real sense of owing something to his community. And he's building a school. He's paid for an ambulance service and installed several incubation units in hospitals. He runs a charity too, I'm told, and sends clothes and food to help the the poor people in the area. His success is attracting many Egyptians to fly to Liverpool to watch him play, so much so that Liverpool now sell a replica shirt with his name on it in Arabic. And another example of his generosity, when he scored the goal for Egypt against Congo that took Egypt to the World Cup, he was apparently offered a villa, but turned it down saying, please give the money to the people in my village. In a recent article in the Sunday Times of London, an Egyptian lawyer, Hatim Kadus, makes an interesting comment saying that Mohamed Salah has managed something that no politician has ever done. He has united the Middle East because we have Moroccans, Tunisians, Saudis, Kuwaitis, Emiratis, all wanting Salah's shirt. Even Manchester United fans are saying to me, I don't know what to do, I should be hitting him, but I like him. And in Egypt, where there's, the lawyer says, economic trouble, terrorism, if you go into any coffee shop in Cairo when Liverpool are playing, everyone is watching the game, united behind Salah, and not worrying about all the problems, revolutions and whatever else may be going on. And interestingly, finally, uh, Hatem Kadus says, when Salah scores, everyone in the Middle East rejoices, And now Messi and Ronaldo are great players, but I don't think they unite a nation or a region the way Mohamed Salah does. An interesting perception, I think.
Well, that profile from Stuart Weir, and it's amazing, isn't it, the power of football. So congratulations again to Mohamed Salah for winning the 2017 African Footballer of the Year Award. Stuart Weir joins us from the UK on the line now. Uh, Stuart, uh, now as the Liberia legend George Weir won the elections to become president of Liberia, he's invited Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger to the inauguration later this month. Uh, Wenger said he can't make it, uh, but the two go back a long way in football, don't they? Um, Yes, indeed. It was um, in 1987 that Arsene Wenger became manager of Monaco. And then the following year, he signed George Weah, bringing him to Europe. And and Weah played over 100 games for Monaco uh, under Arsene Wenger in a very successful team, which also included the English legend, Glenn Hoddle. And in fact, Wenger talked about how initially George Weah was quite lost in Europe and it took a while to adjust, but also praised how he has committed himself to a difficult country and is seeking to to serve there where he could have a much more comfortable life in, in Europe. Yes, sure. And we had the third round of the FA Cup in England last weekend. What stood out for you there, Stuart? Well, the main headline is Nottingham Forest from the Championship beating cup holders Arsenal 4-2. Now, this is the first time that the FA Cup holders have gone out in their first game for 25 years. And just so you understand, the third round is when the Premier League clubs join it for the first time. So that was actually Arsenal's first game. And it's even longer. You have to go back before Arsenal conceded four goals to a club from a lower division. Now, of course, which Arsenal played is a big question because Arsenal made nine changes from their previous game. So the players like Mesut Ozil, Sanchez or Peter Cech were not even on the bench. In a way, that's understandable after a busy Christmas period and four days before an AFL Cup semi-final. But it does mean that Arsenal are out of the FA Cup. Stoke lost to League Two Coventry City. Now, that's three divisions or 53 places below them in the league table. And uh, given that they're in the bottom three of the Premier League at the moment, sadly, Mark Hughes, the Stoke manager, lost his job as a result of that. And, you know, Steve, something amazing about managers is that only Arsene Wenger, with 21 years service at Arsenal, and Sean Dyche at Burnley and Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, who've each done five years, they're the only ones who've got longer service than Mark Hughes, who was sacked just short of five years in the job. And, Steve, if you look back to the 1950s and 60s, the average length of time in the job for a manager was five years in the top division. Currently, the average is 15 months. And another incredible statistic is that Arsene Wenger has been in charge of 812 Premier League games at Arsenal. If you add up what the other 19 Premier League managers have done, it's less than 800. Isn't that incredible? Wenger had more games than the other 19 matches put together. There's some other interesting uh, performances by African players in the third round of the FA Cup. Now, Birmingham City are a struggling championship side, but they're still in the FA Cup with a 1-0 win over Burton. And they had three Africans in their team. Jack Mahombe from DR Congo. Now, he's been in England for 12 years, was at Tottenham four years, but never made the first team. Shaq Ndoy a Senegalese player who is in his first year at Birmingham, having been in France previously and with 19 international caps. And then there's Jeremy Boga. He's actually a Chelsea player from Ivory Coast who is on loan at Birmingham. 
Bournemouth were another of those teams who put out effectively a reserve side, making nine changes again. And they drew 2-2 with Wigan. And Sam Morsi, an English-born Egyptian international, was in the Wigan team. And MK Dons pulled off a 1-0 win over QPR in the championship with Onishi Sisse of Mali scoring. Now, he's a French-born Mali player who's got five international caps. And it was his first goal from MK Dons, and what an important one. And just to mention, Rochdale beating Doncaster 1-0 with Cozy and Clare, a South African from Pretoria, one international cap behind him. He's been in England for five years, and he was part of that Rochdale team. Interesting. Uh, a lot of African players in the lower leagues of English football Well, thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, The English Premier League back this weekend with Liverpool against Manchester City on Sunday, the big game of the weekend. Well, that's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, who do you think will win the 2018 Chan, the African Nations Championship, which starts this Saturday in Morocco? Very difficult to predict as you can only use your home base players, but the big teams include Nigeria, Cameroon, Zambia and the host Morocco. Who do you think will win it? Go on to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.